and welcome to the Adapt and Overcome podcast from Alt-RPO. In the evolving landscape of the COVID-19 pandemic, we decided to create a space for real people to come together and share their experiences and lessons learned as they lead their teams through new virtual work environments, crafting new strategies, and taking their organizations through incredible transformations. These conversations are taking place in the context of free webinars. You can find out more details about upcoming webinars, future panelists, register for an event, or even apply to be a panelist yourself by visiting altrpo.com webinar. Without further ado, here is today's panel. Welcome to episode 11 of the Adapt and Overcome webinar series. Uh, so we are so excited to jump in today's webinar. Thanks so much for joining us. We have some amazing guest panelists today, and they will introduce themselves in a minute. Uh, in today's episode, as we've been doing through this series, we're focusing on organizational transformation in the wake of this COVID-19 pandemic we all find ourselves in. Without further ado, uh, here's our host, John. He's uh, our facilitation Jedi here at AltRPO. John's a master facilitator who focuses on team building and process improvement, and he's conducted hundreds of workshops, and he leverages his experience as an innovation team leader, the U.S. Navy, to help shift teams into collective and collaborative thinking. And Sean, who's the CEO of AltRPO, we're a team building facilitation company with a 100% remote team. Prior to AltRPO, Sean took part in various startups focused on human performance, and he leverages his experience as a Navy SEAL to bring a unique perspective to the current challenges we face. So, John and Sean, take it away. Boom. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we'll get everybody to introduce yourself uh, to the, uh, the people that are in attendance, and uh, I'll kick it off to Dina just because I used your amazing joke, so you can go first. Thanks for that, John. <laughs> My name is Dina Pape, and I work for Integrated Project Management. I'm the Director of Operations, and we're a consulting firm that focuses on planning and execution of strategic projects. So that might be a product development project or emerges and acquisition, the integration of that. It might be business optimization, any sort of strategic project where you have a lot of different functional groups that need to come together. And uh, we work across industries, so pharmaceuticals, medical devices, healthcare, consumer products, all sorts of fun stuff. Awesome, Chris. Hey, I'm Chris Townsend. I am the CEO at VTC Communications. We are a rural infrastructure provider in Middle Tennessee. Uh, we cover about eight or 900 square miles, um, I guess, east of Nashville. And we do fiber of the home. We provide phone, internet, TV, business solutions, all of that kind of good stuff to businesses and residential customers in our area. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, we have seen uh, significant demand during this time. So it, it is an instrument I'm excited to be part of this panel today. Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan Kane. I'm a senior manager uh, with the Canadian Forces Morale and Welfare Services. Uh, I like to say that that is basically like a giant municipality that we provide uh, services to our military members here in Canada across uh, the country as well as overseas. Uh, so my portfolio is basically recreation, community services, all of that good stuff that keeps our families active, healthy, uh, and engaged to support our members' bigger mission. Boom. And uh, Adam, round us out. Sure, great. So Adam Rothberg, I'm with the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America. 
Uh, if you're not familiar with us, we are the premier facilities-based youth development agency serving approximately 4 million kids through direct service and outreach across 4,800 facilities in the United States and then on every military base uh, across the globe. Awesome. Excellent. Well, uh, we've got quite the lineup today, so it should be really exciting. Lots of uh, different viewpoints. And um, for those who have attended before, um, we really like to, you know, kind of keep a, a structured webinar, but we also like to just have a, a lot of conversation going back and forth. Um, so we typically like to kick these off um, by looking at the biggest adaptations um, your organization or your company has, has made. Um, in the last three to four weeks since uh, since COVID-19. So maybe we can kick that off and start with Chris, because um, I'm sure there's been some uh, pretty significant changes there. Yeah, I would say, to say the least, there have been significant changes. Uh, we've 70% of our workforce to working from home. 30% um, who can't work from home are staging from home, meaning they're driving vehicles home that they didn't before. We're trying not to cross areas so we don't cross contaminate because we're still having to go into homes and businesses to provide services. So, um, so 70% of the workforce is working remotely. We've seen a 300% increased demand um, in our orders from this time last year. We're doing three times the work um, and now just thrown into a remote environment. And in addition to that, just the internet usage by itself we saw one year's worth of demand increase in less than two weeks. So the strain on the network was significant too. We're very thankful that, that we had a very robust network, really good people that work with, with us to ensure that, that we were doing things well in advance. Um, but as you can imagine, the stress has been real on our people. And uh, so that, that's by far the biggest thing that we're having to adapt to is how do we, how do we move three quarters of the workforce away from the office where we communicate face-to-face -face every day still communicate as well because with three times the demand we're probably communicating more than we were before so that's by far the biggest adaptation to us it's pretty amazing um adam how about the uh, the boys and girls club of america how is that uh adaptation wise what uh what are you saying yeah, it's, it's been a huge shift. So as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you know, we're a facilities-based youth-serving agency. So, uh, you know, we see about 500,000 kids on a daily basis, typically, uh, during during normal times. Um, and currently we're, God, I didn't, I got to look at the statistics, like 80, 85% of our facilities are down. And the, the remaining are only really serving essential um, workforce um, families. So uh, three big shifts that we've made. Um, one, we moved to sort of serving um, those families that had essential workers. So, you know, healthcare, utilities, folks like Chris, frankly, and his team uh, to ensure that they can get out and, and, and you know, that, that the infrastructure, frankly, stays in place and that they're not having to stay home with, with their kids. Um, we've also moved to a lot of virtual programming, um, much like the schools are doing. Um, and then we've also pivoted strategically. Um, a lot of our facilities are, are filling in for some of those areas. Uh, we're talking about sort of Maslow's hierarchy stuff, you know, providing meal services, working with the food banks, um, and, and just trying to figure out how to, how to get to those kids because the demographic that we serve are oftentimes really high need. Um, and so they're, they're, they're at very high risk. And so we're still trying to figure out what's the best way to get to them. 
and provide some level of service to, to at the very basic level, keep them safe. Um, all that said, uh, you know, we're also national organization where, where I'm housed. We're, we're, we're 100% remote at this point, full travel ban. Um, and, and our 65,000 staff members um, across the enterprise, many of them, with the exception of those serving essential workers um, and then doing meal service, they're also doing remote. Um, so uh, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge, huge adaptation for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we'll definitely dig into uh, that more as well. Sure. Sure. Um, and just, just a reminder, any questions, we do get a lot of good feedback from the audience. So feel free to um, drop any thoughts or comments in chat and any questions you have specific to the panelists or the discussion we're having, feel free to drop those in the uh, Q&A section. Uh, so Deanna, um, what are you seeing as far as adaptation goes? Well, most of our um, staff are consultants. So we're often on site at the clients. So from a home office perspective, um, we're seeing them even less than we were before, but many of them were away from us um, at the, you know, the corporate offices in various locations already. So transitioning from an internal perspective wasn't as much, except for the corporate staff, which they're a huge support to us. And uh, they always are at the corporate office and now they're all um, divided up. But mostly um, for our clients, they've all had different rules that we've been abiding by. And a majority of them are revamping their, refocusing their portfolios. So I had mentioned before that a number of them are pharmaceutical companies or medical device companies, um, healthcare, CPG. So they've been having to reprioritize and we've been doing a lot more risk assessments. Um, we do those as a standard procedure with with the projects we're running, but they've been much more intense. So I would say probably um, the biggest difference is the intensity or the reshifting of portfolios of work. And before we go to Ryan, I think this is one of the reasons why having the four of you here is actually really special because uh, for anybody listening right now, uh, I met them at a, uh, at a Disney, Disney Institute course on business excellence and everything that we talked about had to do with culture and how you communicate and collaborate internally and externally and, and all of these things. And, and as you're listening to the four of you, right? So uh, before I go to Ryan, you know, morale, right? And culture and how that builds into the infrastructure that you need, which is what Chris was talking about and how you're going to be able to do this uh, remotely and how you're going to take your teams into the future from this point in time. Uh, is is a reason why the four of you are on here, other than the fact that I had a great time with you all. Um, I think that you guys all serve as a uh, as an intake or an output to the other in some way, shape, or form for for everything that you guys do. So I'd love to hear kind of your, you know, build on that culture, build on that morale. Obviously, answer the same question, Ryan. But I'm going to try to weave you guys into each other if you can. So Ryan, over to you for the the same question for how you guys are adapting and and either your own team maintaining that morale and or for the people that you serve? Well, I think for us, one of the big uh, the big challenges, obviously we are a service delivery agency. Uh, we are much smaller than our, our counterparts in the US. So our staffing is around 4,000 uh, across Canada and overseas. 
But what I have seen and what has most impressed me is the flexibility and our, the ability of the staff to adapt quickly. And I think that goes back to what we've establishing that core uh, team uh, teamwork that we've established. And we really model that off, to, off our military colleagues. So that's enabled us to quickly react and deal with the situation at hand. Uh, no one's focused on, well, my job title is or my job uh, description says this. You know, uh, much like Adam was talking about, well, we're moving to virtual programming. Well, how are we going to do that? That might mean that we don't have virtual educators. So I need uh, someone who normally runs a facility to help out creating those virtual classrooms. I need someone to come aboard and teach something because I'm in the recreation setting. I need someone who's going to be able to talk about how to organize birthday parties for your kids now that uh, uh, we're all doing things virtually and how can we share our expertise. So it's really about finding uh, what our experts and strengths are and helping out the rest of the team. In an organization that is spread out throughout Canada, communications has been key. So we've looked at how can we maximize uh, the teams. I have a staff person who focuses mainly on national programming levels, but I've lent her to the comms team because she's an expert uh, with our website. So she can help get up those updates faster uh, and making sure our employees are staying engaged and informed. So for me, I think that's really been how I've seen the, the, that adaption is that because we had that teamwork and that solidification done in advance, it didn't matter. We were able to quickly adapt the crisis and move forward. Uh, I'm sure both uh, uh, you, Sean, and uh, you, John, you having been deployed before, you know that you know in a deployed environment, things change very quickly and you have to be able to react. And I think I know from my experience in deployment, that's what I took away from. And we immediately put that into play uh, when we were uh, moving forward with our plans and, our, and what we wanted to accomplish as teams. That's all. So all off of that exact thread, uh, I'm going to ask Chris, from your standpoint, and this is this is off of what Ryan said, as far as, you know, stripping the title from from you and going with the strengths of your team, etc. Have you found uh, anything like that in your organization? Have you ever have you tried new things that you hadn't before? Um, are you find yourself kind of reorganizing uh, on the fly? Like, how does that look for you guys? Yeah, we're doing that in some areas, and, and, and it's funny that you asked me because I was going to jump in and say to Ryan that <laughs> when you're looking at not just adapting but the overcoming part of this, uh, what's amazing is, you know, we're trying to keep people connected when they need communication the most, but we're also trying to connect new people who, who aren't connected today. And, and in doing that, the strain that has been caused by that um, is, is, is amplified when you're trying to make decisions uh, with limited information in a dynamically changing environment. That's where we all are, right? We're trying to make decisions. We have limited info. We have limited control on what's going on. So by nature, we've made some significant changes. My core team still, we meet virtually every morning for up to one hour. And that may sound crazy because we have so many different things going on, but we're trying to hyper-communicate so we don't lose anything um, you know, between departments so that, that everything can flow. But we've had people that we've moved around from department to department. This very morning, uh, we've identified a broken process. We pulled people from four different departments that are frontline employees that could, could and probably should be doing other things. And we're saying we've created a mini team and they have to report back within 48 hours of define the problem or, or define the process, define the problem, and, and communicate back potential solutions with everything on the table. And so we're not just doing that from, from the, the leader's perspective, we're doing that at every level of the company 
where we've changed the process. For example, um, you know, we're asking help questions before we go into a home or business, right? And we're depending on the customer to tell us the truth before we can go in, even though we're still wearing PPE. But in addition to that, we've created um, processes now where customers can install themselves without us going inside with our help. So we can now do that over FaceTime. We can do that through a phone call. We can do that literally standing outside the window, talking this way to the customer, <laughs> but being but social distancing in the process. So, yeah, I think for us, we've used that term. Everything's on the table. And, and, and we already have a core value, um, essentially, that, um, you know, everyone picks up garbage. It doesn't matter what your title is. And so for that perspective, you just don't walk past a piece of garbage. You, you pick it up no matter who you are at my company. Um, and, and, and that just, it's the level playing field. And so everyone has, um, we may have different titles but there's e and different roles, but there's equal value. And so for that, we can throw people in and out if we're doing that consistently. If I can jump in there and kind of connect another piece of, you guys all have mentioned culture a couple of times as well as leadership. And one of the things that um, we've had some uh, shared learnings in our organization around the art of followership, which doesn't have to do with titles, right? And that people need to jump in and, and help out, right? You might have ideas, but keep all the positivity going and be a good follower as well, regardless of your title, right? The CEO can be a, a follower, the um, front desk person can be a follower, everybody can help out. And so knowing where your place is and where you can help and recognizing that, right? All of us as leaders are trying to recognize where all of our colleagues and, and friends can help out in various aspects of what we're doing. I want to ask uh, Adam something really quick. And this, this is, you know, when, when you are, are working towards the impact of all of these kids and, and whether you are hyper-focused or not, everything you do or don't do has a significant impact on those that you serve. So um, have, you, have you guys had to iterate through some of those conversations um, or is it more of kind of like a, uh, you know, put it out from the top and you guys disseminate the information quickly? Like how, how are you guys doing that uh, with that kind of impact on the back end? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Let me just make sure I understand you correctly. So the, the impact that we're going to have potentially on, on the, the youth that we're serving or not, is that, how's that impacting us? Is that, is that your question, Don? Yeah, just because, uh, you know, anybody can, like I can iterate with my business, but if, mm, if, if, yeah. I, if I fail, it's on me and it's not that big sure. of a deal. If yeah. you guys fail, and I don't mean to call it out like this, if you guys fail mm. to that extent, the, the impact on those kids is yeah. is lasting. So I'm just wondering if, if that yeah. changes how you guys are ideating throughout this. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, the stakes are really high, uh, frankly, with with the business that we're in. And, and so there, there is less room for error. Um, and, and yet at the same time, uh, th this is, you know, uncharted territory for all of us. So, you know, really the first two weeks, and I have to hand it to our leadership team um, for building a strategy sort of within the strategy about how to respond. So we've got sort of a three-phased approach here. It's like, I, I don't know if I'm going to get this exactly right, but it's like recover, uh, then rebuild and restart. And, and so we're trying to think more strategically at this point. The first step was, you know, the, essentially the, the system went down and, and within, you know, three or four days. And, and so it was like, how do we get services to those kids in the immediate? We have some amazing partners that have been helping us, certainly, you know, the Coca-Cola company, 
um, Kimberly Clark, I'll just call those two out because they've, they've been tremendous support. Um, so we're, we're using some of those resources and those partners to, to think through how to manage some of these issues. Um, and at the same time, you know, we've had to go through some internal reorganization to really think about how do we deliver the service um, in the most efficient way possible, which is a great opportunity that we hope can stick, uh, you know, through the duration of this, this crisis and then beyond, because there's always things that, that we can do better. The other piece, uh, you know, is the impact on our staff. Um, frankly, because when you think about what's happening on the, you know, sort of in the field and with those kids, there's a, there's a huge sort of, uh, you know, emotional health and wellness uh, issue at stake. So we've leaned a lot on our EAP providers. And we're also doing stuff back to your original question to maintain the health and wellness of our, of our, our you know, our, our team members. Um, and one of the things that I've found that has been incredibly helpful has been just you know, the, the piece that I find that you miss through the virtual is that emotional connection, right? Um, so we've done a lot of things, you know, at the beginning and the end of each meeting to try and establish those, those, those sort of those personal emotional connections uh, among our team members to ensure that that's in place. Um, and also just to kind of ease some of the, um, you know, maybe the anxiety um, or, 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 you know, stress associated with the, the work that we do. Um, so does that answer your question? Yeah. And, and Adam, building on that, um, I think it's great that the organization is aware, um, and, and proactively, if you will, addressing yeah. that fact, that mental wellness piece. Yeah. Um, you had, you had kind of alluded to some of the things that you're trying. Are any specific examples that we could, you know, kind of share with, with the people that mm -hmm. are listening who are going through the same thing, different organization, but you know, trying to draw lines yeah. to how can we focus on, on mental wellness? Yeah. I mean, I think real easy stuff that, w that we've been doing, you know, at the beginning, we have a team meeting every day, just like Chris, where we kind of regroup and, you know, try and solve problems really rapidly through, through iteration or otherwise uh, trial and error. Uh, but at the beginning of each of those meetings, we'll do something kind of, you know, like we'll pass out three questions for, for people like, you know, favorite book, um, favorite movie, you know, favorite activity or, and then we'll end the meeting. What's one thing you're going to do for yourself, you know, today, uh, you, you know, my supervisor will throw that out. And then every person has to say, yeah, I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go exercise or I'm going to spend some time with my family. I'm going to connect with my friends. Um, and then we have some resources that, that we'll push out. Um, I've been helping with some of that on our team, uh, just giving people some thoughts around, you know, what, what can you do to, to help kind of, um, you, you know, keep yourself, keep yourself mentally and physically well through this. So I'm, I'm going to go to Dina in just two seconds. Uh, but at some point, either if you're listening as an attendee, uh, you can go ahead and throw your favorite and we'll, we'll share this obviously with the other people that are, uh, that are listening, share your favorite book, your favorite activity and what you're going to do for yourself. So if you're listening, take out the computer, uh, type that in your favorite book, your favorite uh, activity, and what you're going to do for yourself today. And then, uh, again, before I pass it on, uh, we will try to get that from the four of you guys and then put it on uh, after the fact so that somebody has something to go to from, uh, from this. Because I, I really like that. I think that's, uh, that's special. So, sorry, I know I, uh, I cut you off, Dina, but over to you. You're fine. I was just going to suggest uh, one of the things that um, somebody in our organization, so we're a nationwide organization spread all over, so we don't always get together in meetings very often, but um, 
Karen, one of the um, great folks in our corporate staff, um, she's actually the executive admin to our CEO. She has been um, collecting, she sent out a series of 10 questions and she's just been collecting fun stories, either funny realizations you've had while working from home, embarrassing stories, or how have you been helping your neighbors or your community or what's your project been? doing. So it might be work-related, it might be home-related, and she's been publishing every other week or so a Silver Linings publication, and she sends it out to the whole company. And there's been lots of, every time I've read it, I've at least smiled, if not, I've at least laughed out loud at least once, and just smiled and thought it was very cool to recognize all the good that our colleagues are doing. Similar so, to uh, similar. the jokes that I told in the beginning. I know, sorry. I'll add them to the next issue. <laughs> I was going to say that one of the nice, one of the nice things that you can do as well is just give yourself time uh, to have those and make those connections. Uh, so when you're planning a meeting, make sure you plan that extra little bit of time to have that casual conversation instead of moving right through to an agenda. And when you're doing one-on-one -on -one calls with with your team give them that time to tell you about their day and how they're doing and be cognitive uh, cognitive of like the different stresses that are going on so not only the anxiety about uh, covid but now about uh, having to teach kids and managing households and figuring out all of that stuff there's a lot of stress and anxiety that i think we're all feeling and sometimes you know, with our staff and our teams, they need that space to breathe. And you might be that person, that one person today that isn't attached as a family member. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of made a few jokes maybe around the office about the increase around uh, divorces at this time or maybe missing spouses. But if you're that one person that can be that sounding board, allow that space and uh, check in with what I like to call some of the more vulnerable people that you may have on your team, uh, those who are single. So who don't have a family or a pet or a plant to talk to, and you might be that only social connection they have that day. So just be cognizant of it because that little extra time of asking how they're doing might just make it easier for them to get through. And, and do you do you have somebody and I don't uh, this is a rhetorical ask so you can answer it if you'd like to or, or we can move on to the next question with Sean but uh, I guess something that's been on my mind a lot is I've been hearing something like that response um, not put the same way that you did but what about the people that are in leadership so like who who does Chris go and talk to as the CEO like does he have someone that he needs to reach out to or is that just a friend or a mentor or what and for you, Ryan, in your organization, do you have somebody like that that you can reach out to as opposed to just helping other people? Like help yourself, put on your own oxygen mask as uh, Dr. McCauley said uh, last week, do you have somebody like that? Yeah, and I think that's really important to identify whether it was, if you don't have one now, now's the time to do it. So, so absolutely, I have uh, colleagues uh, that I can reach out to, but I also have uh, as well uh, bosses as well that I can go to or mentors. And I think the other thing too is I did go back to my boss and said, hey, you can talk to me if you need to. <laughs> Like you can reach out and don't be afraid to delegate. Uh, I think that was one of the challenges that maybe he was facing is that he wanted to be the hero for everybody. And he wanted to kind of make the big win. And I said, listen, I don't even need the credit. I can do all the work from behind the scenes, but delegate, you don't have to do it all. We're all in this together. Yeah, so for me, um, I think there's three places that I go. Uh, number one, 
we have an employee assistance program where we actually have paid for professional help. Um, that's private, it's confidential. Um, you can talk to, to, to professionals through phone or online. Um, we'll pay for six in-person visits whenever it's safe to do that as well. So, uh, you know, so we're, we're working hard for, for our employees to have someone to, to talk to and, and I can take advantage of that as well. Um, also, um, I have counterparts in our industry and actually in my region, there are six other folks just like me. We have had a call five days a week, uh, early morning, uh, since this started every single morning to ensure that we're all on the same page and know how to help each other and react. And it has been wonderful. And the third place for me, um, have a group of guys that I go to church with, just to be honest with you, that, that we lean on each other a lot. And they have uh, really been great to reach out and say, hey, friend, how, how's it going today? Uh, what can I help you with? You know, what, what can we talk about? What, what can we pray about? So that's been pretty amazing. Um, and all that obviously is secondary to, to for me, my wife and my kids because they're they're the most amazing support system that I have. So so I, I, I'm very fortunate. I have lots of areas that I have support, and I know that some people may not have that. But I'm like like Ryan. I would I would definitely try to identify a couple of areas and and focus in on those and tell people you need help if you do. So as we're uh, since we're on since we're kind of going down this route of of mental wellness, health, and fitness. Um, you personally, you know, what are, what are just one example of what you're doing, um, you know, to keep yourself mentally, physically dialed in, um, maybe Dina, we could start with you. Sure. Um, yeah, wellness or, or health, right. There's financial health, mental health, physical health, all of those things. And everybody around us is being impacted in different ways and different amounts. So just trying to be compassionate, but personally, um, I have a space that I've set up um, so that work is usually almost always in the same place all the time, but I do allow myself to move somewhere else if I need to. Um, and I try to fit in walks everywhere I can. If I'm, I feel like alignment across all these organizations takes a lot longer now that we're all virtual, right? You don't bump into anybody and, and resolve anything. So if I can take a phone call without my computer, if I don't need it, I'll try and get outside if the weather's okay, or I'll walk circles around my house or my driveway or whatever, if I need to stay close, but um, try to get in some outside time, even though we're supposed to self-isolate, that doesn't mean you have to stay indoors the whole time. Um, and mostly I just ensure I have a growth mindset um, instead of a fixed mindset. I focus on what I can change, what I can learn, how I can support others, those kinds of things. Yeah, that's great. Growth, uh, growth mindset is definitely um, something that's kind of top of mind, especially during this time. Um, it's real easy to, we always talk about it. We, we call it control what you can control. And um, it's something that, you know, we're, we're always discussing internally and always thinking about is, there's a lot of stuff we can't control right now, but let's focus in and lean in on, on the stuff that we can. Um, so Adam, you know, personally, uh, mentally, physically, what are you doing to keep yourself dialed in? Yeah. So, um, right, right. When I saw this, um, transpire we got the sort of the stay at home, um, from work anyway, I, I kicked off a, uh, a health and wellness challenge nice. with, um, with a group of friends and three or four coworkers, I got about 15. I tried to drag John in, but he gave me the hard pass. <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, it's, uh, it includes, you know, an exercise goal. So mine's like 500 calories using my heart rate monitor and then uh, seven hours of sleep. 
and then three healthy meals. And then I got a point system. It's all in like a Google spreadsheet. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'd like to say that this is altruistic. It's really not. It's for me so that I can, you know, I'm, I'm sort of motivated by the number and watching my friends and colleagues try, try and beat this number. But it's also just a nice distraction and then helps me kind of reminds me, okay, go, you know, go exercise or, you know, get to bed uh, or, or eat right because the refrigerator is within 10 feet. Right. So so that's kind of the like the physical health and, and wellness piece. And then, you know, I'm setting up, up for, for the sort of the mind and the spirit. I I've got a weekly call with my two closest friends. One's here, but I can't see him. Right. And then I got another guy in Boston. And so we just last night we used uh, we talked for a half hour and then we watched a movie together using that that Netflix party thing and just laughed a little bit together. And, and so that was sort of the, 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 the mind and spirit. And then I'm also making really conscious effort to set aside like a half hour. I love to read and I just usually I'm, I'm, I'm traveling a lot. So I listen to a lot of books and I don't have that right now. So I'm just setting aside a half hour uh, and, and just reading some books or listening to some books just to kind of stimulate my thinking outside of work. So and I've been pretty good with the dis- pretty disciplined around that stuff. It's excellent. No, so far. I want to, Sean, I want to cut you off really quick because I don't think that you'll be as pointed uh, towards Adam as I am. Um, Is there any way, Adam, that you could share, maybe not invite people into the ring of things that you are doing, but maybe what the points are and what the things, because it's like fantasy football for for your personal health. And I think it would be really cool to share that yeah. with the people that yeah. are listening in. Because I don't want to be on your point system. I don't want you yeah, to see yeah. that yeah. I slept for nine hours. And is that yeah. too yeah, many yeah. points or, or is yeah. that is a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that stuff. So um, I'll try to get from you what we can at the end of this sure. so that we can sure. share that. I've sent out a bunch of communication. And I do a weekly update where I give some information around why you sleep or how you sleep, some resources. Um, and I'm not recreating this because I did it in October, uh, you, you know. Uh, and so this is just like, I saw an opportunity to, to do it again and it's easy. So I'll, I'll send you those materials. It's Excellent. an awesome way to gamify it though. Yeah. 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 It's fun. It's fun. So we're going to, we're going to shift. Um, and we, if we have time, we'll come back to this. Um, we talked a little bit and I think everybody, um, hinted towards it. Some of the, you know, some of the challenges that are still standing in your way that you're working through, uh, ultimately looking, looking at overcoming. Um, so maybe Chris, what are, you know, what's still standing in your way and, and what's is, uh, the biggest challenge that you guys are currently facing? Yeah, I mean, one, one day-to-day challenge is, is PPE, you know, the protective equipment for my guys. It, it's procuring that and in, in finding that balance of knowing that there are medical people in my community that need it too and not trying to be selfish. But, but also, we, you know, back to something Adam was saying earlier about, you know, about the impact on the kids and you know, for us, our communities are living and dying by connectivity um, or lack thereof. And so, you know, we're, we're critical and essential. And, you know, last week I was on a call with, uh, you know, one of the, the, the directors at CISA at Homeland Security, just trying to make sure that we're doing things the right way. And, uh, you know, along with several other people, but it making sure that we have the proper, uh, not just the proper technology for our, our uh, employees to connect and to do their job, but those physical things that we're trying to procure like PPE um, and we're kind of building everything on, on three pillars and that is employee safety. Um, it is, it is customer safety and then it's business continuity. And so we're trying those three pillars kind of under, you know, undergird every single decision that we do. And if we can't meet all three of those, then we don't do it. And so that's a challenge when you're told 
keep doing what you're doing by Homeland Security. You're told to keep doing what you're doing by the governor of your state. The, the mayors in your communities are saying, you've got to get this done. It's critical. And then you're saying, I will, but I've got to keep my people safe. And, and so I feel the weight of that, Sean. And, and to me, that's one of the, the hardest things on a daily basis is saying, what can I do to not be selfish, but also still, still have what I need to get the job done? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a, a massive obstacle without a doubt. Um, and again, I'll, I'll just state anybody that you know that's listening, um, we're all, we're all about sharing ideas as well. So uh, you know, just because we we're panelists and 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 hosts of this doesn't mean we have all the answers. So um, we're open to creativity. We're open to any ideas you may have. Feel free to blast them out in the chat. Um, and any Q and A, any questions you have, feel free to drop those into the uh, Q and A section. Um, so Dina, as far as uh, from, an, from an overcome standpoint, uh, what are you, and it might be more so your clients, um, what, what are you seeing as kind of the big obstacle that's uh, facing them? Um, I think if I had to narrow it down to one thing, it would be alignment. It takes a lot of time all the time, but now that we're separated, I kind of mentioned this before, alignment is is really difficult and taking the extra time having the discipline to do that right the epidemic is giving us the motivational urgency that you need to keep people's focused attention on things um, but having that discipline are the processes right did you talk to everybody that you needed to all of that is taking more time and we're trying to squash that in. And even though we don't have the commutes we had before, I still feel like my day is even longer than it ever used to be. Um, and so that alignment is hard, right? Communication is always hard. It's, it's one of the things we all have to work on, right? Nobody's perfect at it. Um, so making sure that we're disciplined and, and helping each other achieve those goals successfully and focused on the alignment and the communication in a positive manner, right? You don't want to be the naysayer. You don't want to be the, but if it's an issue, you definitely want to bring it up, right? So keeping calm, being compassionate, staying disciplined so that you can be successful. Great. And it's a really good point on communication as well. Um, we were actually talking about this earlier and almost Zoom fatigue or, uh, uh, you know, uh, being on a, a video screen all day long. And um, one of the things is, even though we can't meet in, you know, face to face, we still have a whole bunch of options as far as how we can communicate. And at some point, it's like, okay, are we communicating too much? Are there too many avenues of communication? Um, you know, and, and how can you control those and shrink those downs and, and, and make it so that, you know, hey, this next 10 minutes is going to be for making decisions versus, you know, critical thinking or, or problem solving. We, so We do that a lot in our, um, one of the disciplined approaches that we have for all of our meetings, at least in my company and with our clients, is that we have an agenda. And on that agenda, you not only have the topic and who's leading that topic, but what's the expected outcome? Are we just brainstorming? Are we trading information? Are we coming to a decision? Um, and making it very clear when you, before you start the meeting, who needs to come prepared, all those kinds of things. But having that expected outcome is really helpful for making sure that the participants are aware of what you're trying to get to. Brian, I'll, I want to bring you into the fold there from, uh, from what you were saying earlier, uh, which to me, hearing this often, leads to some people saying like blurring the lines between 
where does where does work end and life for yourself begin and and vice versa and we've had some pretty healthy discussion on you know tips and tricks and whatnot but for you um is one is that happening with you uh as far as the people that you're serving and and whatnot and this goes back to my earlier question which is your own mental sanity of when do you when do you stop the, the blurred line and and move on into your yourself type of thing so you can answer whatever I just said or, or tail off of what, uh, what Dina said earlier. Well, I think for myself, I know I'm a workaholic and I know like, and I admit it, I'm Ryan and I'm a workaholic. So I enjoy that aspect of, of, of doing, uh, my day-to-day job. And because I love what I do, I love who I serve and I love the impact we make in the community. And I think it's important. And I like supporting the field in their ability to do that. So for me, that keeps me motivated and keeps me interested um, and it keeps me engaged. Uh, serving a large population nationally, it means that we have time zones that we're working with. So just because I'm starting uh, on Eastern time zone doesn't mean my specific coast guys are not needing that support as well. So for me, I think it's just a matter of it's a personal element and it's making sure I take breaks throughout the day and, and doing some of the stuff that everyone has talked about. The biggest thing I think that I find for myself in that mental health zone is turning off the news. Um, at this point, most of it, whether whatever network you watch uh, is mostly talking heads and they're just repeating the same thing over and over again and that wears on us. So get your news once per day, find out what's going on in the world and then see if you can leave it. Uh, the other big thing that I try to finish the day with is gratitude. No matter what has gone on, good, bad, ugly, I try to finish with trying to find three things that I'm grateful for, that I appreciate. Some days it might just be the fact that my computer didn't freeze up during a Zoom meeting. It doesn't have to be big things, but it's finding those elements of being grateful because it reminds us that, you know what, yeah, this is a difficult time, but we will get through this. And it could be a lot worse. We're so lucky, you know, and I certainly think of like uh, the generations before us that went through, uh, you know, uh, the depression and all of those things. They didn't have Zoom and they didn't have that ability to connect. So I think we're really lucky. Uh, and I take that moment at the end of the day before I fall asleep to appreciate uh, where we're at. Uh, that's awesome. And, and actually, not that we did this exactly on purpose from the start, and this is more of an iteration, is uh, how can you how can you do this type of thing without the virtual fatigue? And one of our solutions is to bring on people that complement each other, kind of like you guys, or very, I mean, you guys, really. And it's getting those nuggets out that, uh, that you might have heard five or six times from your husband or your wife or your brother, but when you hear them from the right person in the right context, you actually take that tip or trick and you you leverage it and you put it to use. So when I was on the phone with Adam uh, the other week and he suggested this uh, fantasy uh, draft of your your life, I, he didn't call it that, but that's kind of what went to my mind. I was like, no way. Now I'm sitting here going, all right, I don't want in, but maybe that would have been a really good idea for me to do, you know? So um, sharing those tips and tricks. And if you guys at any point in time, have them, if you're an attendee and have them, like, we don't want to, you know, slaughter the dead horse or anything like that, but um, it, they're valuable. Um, people read them and they go, oh my gosh, I, I've been thinking about that. And, you know, this person just said it exactly how I was feeling it. So uh, I don't know if this is an awkward way of me to stop and uh, either uh, Sean to ask a question or for one of you guys to tail into me, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. 
because communication's hard and how you do it matters. The audience has to listen in a certain way, right? So that's why you got to repeat it, John. And Adam, is a glass of wine on your list there? Do I get points for yeah. glasses? Yeah, well, sort of. We have actually we have health detractors. That's up to you. It could be soda or you know, glass of wine. But for this one, I did put a caveat in there and I said, you know, under the circumstances, if you if you want to have a glass of wine, and I'm I'm kind of a you know craft craft beer guy, then it's fine. But you know, if you start to have more of those things, you know, your vices, then uh, you have to start subtracting points. So we got a little bit more leniency this time around. Excellent. So we uh, we typically pull um, each of these webinars that we do, and we've seen um, consistently over the last three three plus weeks now that we've been doing this. Um, productivity is always a one of the biggest challenges um, that teams are facing. Uh, we've we've talked a little bit about it today, um, but maybe if uh, you know, if Chris, if you could start, what you know, what's something specific that you're doing um, with productivity in mind? So, it's it's kind of funny how different departments within my company are experiencing uh, varying levels of, of productivity. Um, we, like I said, we've seen a three hundred percent increase in orders from this time last year and we're delivering. So um, what's, I think what's interesting about that is that we've had so much interest, like for example, we're not doing outbound calls to tell people that we can sell them our service because we have more than we can get done. Um, and so it's interesting, I've had to pull back productivity in an area like a customer experience rep or a sales rep that would normally be going out and meeting people and transitioning them into more of a support role. So. I guess part of the way to answer this, Sean, is we're redefining um, what productivity is, right? Uh, we still have a number of orders to get done, but you may not be doing what you normally do today to help accomplish that task. Um, and for my guys outside, productivity really is, um, it is the numbers game, right? It's how many orders can you get done today safely um, and, and without, without missing any of those uh, health questions or wearing PPE or doing things that would put yourself or the the end user at risk. Um, so, so we're, I mean, I think one of the things that's helped us is even my guys who normally wouldn't do a, a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting or whatever, uh, we're requiring that multiple times per week. So we, we talk about high technology and high touch um, and we try to have a good combination of that. And so we're trying to be more high touch through technology than we've ever been before with our own teams. So even my guys who normally wouldn't do something like this, they're now doing that as a team multiple times per week. And, and that increased level of touch and communication, we are seeing a, a change of morale uh, and a change of productivity because of that. So uh, short version, initially during all this, I think we saw morale drop quickly when there were a lot of concerns and questions about safety. Uh, we've taken some steps to ensure that we're doing all we can do to be safe in this environment. Um, and, and then we have, we have required the additional level of communication and touch and and we're requiring that to be over video not just a phone call we want them to see each other those things together uh, we've had three weeks in a row the three most productive weeks in our company's history since 1951 that's wild I mean it's hard to imagine that that can happen in this environment and and then without belaboring the point uh, so someone else can talk the other part of that I'm concerned about is burnout um, because, you know, I, I like NASCAR, but, you know, there's a reason they rebuild those engines after one race 
because they've pushed it to the limit to the point it's about to blow. And I'm trying to keep my pulse on, on all of our people consistently and making sure that we're not doing that to people because that can be a real problem uh, with the kinds of stresses that they're under right now as well. Absolutely. Um, Adam, from a productivity standpoint, I, I know you guys have a, a fair number of challenges um, yeah. you're facing. So where, where are you guys at with productivity? And Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the first thing, and I've done previous work in a consulting capacity doing leadership and organizational development, a lot of teamwork. And one of the things that I'd always encourage our, our clients to think about was sort of the, the psychological side of change. And if you're familiar with the William Bridges work, we talk about that kind of, you know, the productivity that occurs with any change. And during that period of time, it's really important to reset expectations, right? For yourself, for your team, if you're in a leadership position. Uh, so that people don't feel overwhelmed. You know, to Chris's point, I like that analogy about the NASCAR. It's like you maintain those same expectations that you had during typical times, uh, you know, you're bound to fail. You just are. When you're trying to do something new, like, you know, you're not going to be able to do it as well as you did in the past. So I think that's the first step. Uh, the second step is to be strategic about your time. And this is all, I always, during my, my performance review each year, this is always the area where I say I can be better, um, you know, about, structuring my time and so one of the things that i do and i think i learned this from um, neuro leadership david rock you know your brain at work i forget the title of the book exactly but he talks about doing those strategic tasks first thing in the morning uh or whenever your productivity is, is at a peak for me that tends to be in the morning as opposed to just going in and trying grinding out a bunch of emails or doing like expense reports that stuff that requires lower level thinking I'm trying to be much more intentional about doing that work that requires my my brain to work harder uh, at those times of day that I have a little bit more fuel, so to speak. Um, and that's not something that we're doing formally, but just uh, something I learned along the way and I've been using. And it's hard for me to get up and like develop a you know a strategic plan or you know put together a, 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 a you know a, a presentation for you know executive leadership requires a lot of thinking. I have to force myself, but it paid off because I'm getting more done, um, more important stuff done, but more efficiently. Okay. One quick comment back to that that we've done is the first two and a half weeks of the pandemic, we we stopped all time off, right? Everyone yeah. had to report to work. Everyone had to be present so we could figure out the strategy to move yeah. forward with the increased demand. But immediately we've pivoted and we're now requiring people to take days off. Yeah, because again, concerned about the physical and emotional, uh, you know, toll that this is taking on people, um, mm -hmm. even at the highest levels of leadership at our company. Uh, last week, I told people by the end of this week, they had to take at least one day off and they weren't allowed to answer email or phone calls for the company. Right. So again, just trying to find that balance. Um, and I found out that when you're in a position of leadership, that obviously is the hardest thing for us to do, especially like Ryan, when, you know, I'm, I'm a workaholic too but we have to take that time away or we're also going to burn out and our people are going to follow our lead. So we're demanding right. of others and then we have to demand it of ourselves. I, I want to, uh, I want to bring in Dina on this piece too, because it's actually good to save you for last before, uh, before we go to a lightning round with Sean. Uh, I think that you, and this goes off the productivity of what we've been talking about, but to bring you in, I think that you think of things uh, a lot differently than most people. Like you always try to find the best way to 
to get people excited, to keep them excited and, and to keep people engaged for, for that impact that you want. And uh, I mean, I noticed that on the first day that I met you, we're sitting there writing down notes of how we could iterate on something to make it better. And um, my thought is, you know, obviously you're doing that with the people that you work with. Um, I'm just wondering how you potentially integrate that in for their productivity. Um, and you and I both know that, you know, to give, to give everybody an hour is one thing, but to give them an hour and spend the first 10 minutes doing something that's meaningful uh, to get them excited means the last 50 minutes are going to be impactful, more impactful, and maybe potentially more productive. So do you have any specific examples uh, of how you're doing some of those things with your people? Um, I put you on the spot, big you time. You did, you did. <laughs> um, I'm sure I can think of some. I, I do believe, I I agree with you, right? If If you're not engaging others, um, you're only seeing this much of, of what you need to see, right? You need to see as much as possible, even beyond your peripheral vision. And if you don't engage others, you're going to miss something. So, you know, balancing that time, like Chris and Adam were talking about, is hard, right? We have to strategize that. But getting those engaged is um, is important. It, it's critical to success. So um, how do I do that? Sometimes it's by incorporating some sort of fun activity in a meeting, like you said. Um, it's being very clear when I do um, uh, communicate something. So rereading it, making sure it's clear to everyone, having somebody else proofread it. Did you get from this what I think, you know, that whole communication quote about, you may think you know or understand what you think I said. I don't remember the whole quote, but I'm sure some of you know that. Um, so making sure my communication is clear, but engaging others and many times that takes an additional phone call right so if you have a group meeting and you want everybody to participate you might take 15 minutes to call some of those individuals that you know are super busy or might be distracted or tend to be quieter but you really want their their input um, and another thing is use tools um, john i know you and i have talked about mentimeter and um, that is a really cool software program um, that has various levels. Um, they do have a free version, but you can survey your crowd and get live responses. Um, I'm actually, right before this, was working on one for a meeting tomorrow um, where we can incorporate a nationwide audience and make sure that they're engaging with each other. So um, maybe I saw you grin when I mentioned Mentimeter, so maybe that's where you were hoping I would go. I, I expected that you might have more, uh, more tricks up your sleeve, but that was one of them because you and I had that conversation last week. And uh, you were very helpful to, to me anyways. And, and I think that's a fantastic tool to have that engagement. And, and somebody will hear, correct me. And actually, I need to pass it over to Sean for the, uh, the lightning round. He didn't want to be rude. Go over to you, Sean. Uh, thanks. Um, so real quick, before we start the lightning round, we just want to thank all our panelists. Um, we appreciate all the insight that you share. Um, all the attendees that are, attendee, are attending and listening, we appreciate all the feedback that you put into the chat. Um, this Friday, uh, we're hosting a free workshop. It's called Think Inside the Box. It's a, a bit of a mental resilience, mental health um, exercise. Get to meet some random people um, that, that join up and then just think through um, those things that you can control, kind of share a little bit, um, and then walk away with some actionable items. So if it's something you're interested in, Emily's going to drop that in, uh, in the chat. Feel free to share that with anyone. Again, it's free. Um, we're, we're just having a fun time with it. Um, with that, we're gonna kick into the lightning round. So one question, 60 seconds max per person. 
Ryan, we're going to start with you. And that's what's the one thing that you want our listeners to walk away with today? I did not mute. There you go. I just lost like seconds uh, in the conversation. But basically, rely on your preparation. Most of you have a skill set or uh, a background. You can do this. It's not as scary as we think. So rely on that preparation and that hard work that you've put in, the years of experience that you have, and it will be okay. Awesome. Chris? Yeah, the, the work that we've done before this pandemic um, is empowering us in the pandemic. And the work that we do now will set our course for the future. So as leaders, this is not the time to back up. This is the time to dig your heels in and do work that really matters. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the, uh, the, the things that I have said the most at my company, and we live by this, is uh, at DTC, we do everything we do because people matter, every decision. And if, if you know your why and you stick to that, um, then, then the work you do today is going to have long-lasting impact for the future that will really matter. Excellent. Uh, Adam. Yeah. So um, I'll come back full circle to kind of the the, the health and, and well-being piece. And it's the, 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 the John Maxwell, I think John Maxwell, uh, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And so I think from a leadership perspective, uh, it's about maintaining, uh, you, you know, your strength and, and, and consistency and, and positivity um, so that you can give it. Right. So um, that, 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 that's my, those are my, for final words. Excellent. Appreciate it. And uh, Dina? Um, my 60 seconds would be, it's impossible to fully predict the, um, the future, right? The pandemic could be transformative in good ways, though. So, and the possibilities are way greater than we can imagine. So, if you find yourself focusing on the negative, don't forget to take as much time to start thinking about the unpredictable, the fun, the crazy, the things we're grateful for. Um, what are you wowed by today that you never thought was possible 30 years ago or when you were a kid? So my, uh, my one thing is three reminders. Do something kind every day. Use your energy and this time wisely. And don't rob yourself of the joy. It's there. Find it and acknowledge it. Excellent. Well, on that note, thanks again. Um, we appreciate uh, everybody attending. Panelists, again, we appreciate you being here. Um, if you are interested, check out the link that uh, Emily posted for Think Inside the Box this Friday. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe and have a great day. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adapt and Overcome podcast from Alt-RPO. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star review and a comment with your favorite takeaway from the conversation. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're looking for more resources, you can visit our website, altrpo.com. That's A-L-T-R-P-O.com. We have information on virtual team facilitation, virtual team building workshops, as well as our webinar page at altarpo.com webinar, where you can register to be a participant or even apply to be a panelist on one of our future webinars. Don't forget, you can share any of our information with any of your friends or colleagues that you feel would really benefit. We are really hoping to add value to our community during this time of global crisis. We hope you're staying safe and healthy, and we look forward to seeing you soon.